Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Gunn. Today I wanted to talk about sensory overload and autistic burnout, and why they can be so hard for non-autistics to really understand. So, there are a few different reasons for this. Um, one of them is that, you see, of course it's understandable that everyone, autistic or not, will have some sensitivities. At, at some point in their life, they'll feel sensitive to a certain light or sound, but the difference is autistics can't really turn off these sensitivities. They happen, and sometimes they happen to such a degree, they're so intense that it's like, it, it's like as if you were being stabbed in the eyeballs or in the eardrums. It can cause literal pain to experience these sensitivities. It puts you in what we call sensory overload. And if you don't get away from the stimuli, it can cause a meltdown. Um, so this is why it's, it's a slippery slope when people try to relate people that are not autistic or that don't have sensory processing disorder try to relate to people that do because it's like we I understand that it comes from a place of like you know um trying to uh reassure or comfort but it shows that the person doesn't really understand what sensory overload is because it's not something like it's probably not like what their impression is it's not just about like being a little sensitive to to a sound or a light it's about being so sensitive to certain kinds of stimuli that you can't control not stuff that you can control like music or whatever but stuff that you can't control um, you get so sensitive to it, and these sensitivities can vary throughout the day as well. But, like, you literally cannot tolerate it without having a meltdown. So I just want to emphasize that's the main difference. And I'm sorry, my cat, Maze, wanted to make a, an appearance on this podcast now. Um, and that, uh, you know, that's just the podcasting at home, I suppose. So, um... The that's the main difference. That's the main difference. Um, is autistics can't. It's they experience this to such a degree that they can't, you know, just move on from it. It literally, if if the trigger is not removed, a meltdown will occur. Um, so, uh, our. Our sensory sensitive, this is something I was touching on as well, is that our sensory sensitivities and our executive function, now this is kind of getting into burnout a little bit as well, but um, our executive function can also fluctuate many times even throughout one single day. Um, so this is, you know, like when we go into burnout, we're not, sim it's not just about being tired. It's about having such low energy and then high levels of executive dysfunction coupled with that 
that you barely have motivation to do even menial tasks around your house, let alone drive to school or work, which a lot of times is not optional for a lot of people. Uh, and this can lead to them being more prone to sensory overload and meltdowns throughout the day, meltdowns with higher frequency, and this is the problem with, this is just one aspect of how ableism and capitalism are intertwined, and I will talk more about this later, but a system that we live in now, the capitalist system, is a system that forces people to produce and go to work for eight hours a day, for five days a week, and it is extremely destructive to disabled people and neurodivergent people that go through burnout is that they're literally in order to survive they're being forced to put themselves in. so it's it's hard enough for neurotypicals imagine for a neurodivergent person that has to deal with sensory overload and burnout and having meltdowns because of that um, because they're forced to go to work every day while they're dealing with this stuff so anyways, I'll, I'll get more into that in, in the specific episode I'll be making for that. But anyways, it's, it's important to point this out, that, that it, it, our executive dysfunction, it, it can vary throughout the day as well. It's like just like the sensory sensitivities. Um, so it's really, you know... And this is, I touched on this in, in episode 10 about the neurodistinct styles of working and why neurodistinct people tend to work. The best way for neurodistinct people to work is in spurts because we have spurts of hyperfocus and then we have lows, lulls of um, executive dysfunction. And those can happen even throughout one day or throughout one week. That's why the, the constant schedule of like, a certain amount of hours every day can be really destructive for us because we never know when we're going to be in hyperfocus and when we're going to be in burnout. And so if it were a system that were one example, in my opinion, of a system that would be more accommodating to autistics that have to deal with burnout and sensory overload and such would be um, where they are allowed to work um, different amounts of hours like you could still be working the same you could still do the same amount of work in say one month but only allowed to work certain amount of hours different amounts of hours for different days um, are usually the kinds of jobs that autistics would um, and neurodistinct people would would thrive that most of them would thrive the most at because you are able to you know, a day that you have executive dysfunction and burnout, maybe you work just one or two hours, but a day that you're in hyper-focus, maybe you're working 10 or 12 hours, you know, but, and then you, you, you know, you make up for those, like, as the time goes by, you end up producing the same amount of work as a neurotypical, but the difference is you did, you know, you, you did different amounts of hours at different days, and that just worked better for you. Um, and there shouldn't be so much stigma against like, oh, you have to work these, you know, and that's part of the, the problem with the system as well. It's not just stigma, it's the system and the constructs that we follow with the system. Um, but, you know, that's getting into another topic a little bit. 
But anyways, um, so, you know, just to kind of close this episode off, um, just with a summary, it's understandable and expectable that, that, you know, non-autistics can relate to some of our sensory stuff and, and whatnot. And we're not saying don't relate. We're, we're, we're saying, of course, you know, we're all going to relate and we appreciate, like, you trying to relate to us on some of these things. But also be careful, always be mindful that for us it's a little different a lot of times because we can't turn it off. And we get misinterpreted we get misjudged we get ostracized like you know we can't turn it off we get so overstimulated by something and if the stimuli is not removed we can have a meltdown and then we get ostracized by society around us for having that meltdown because they don't understand autistic brains and how they work and why we're having the meltdown um and so we get you know we suffer prejudice because of that so that's why it can be insensitive um, to say things like everyone is a little bit autistic or whatever, you know, which is a kind of microaggression I covered in episode seven as well, um, is that if not everyone has these things that they can't turn off, that they get ostracized by society for because we live in a society that doesn't properly accommodate neurodivergent and disabled people. So anyways, there's my little mini rant on that um i hope you were able to get a lot from this episode even though i did shift around a little bit it wasn't as structured as some of my other episodes um i hope it was still informative um for everybody so thank you for listening and i'll see you next time